0: Hello, welcome to Get My Basket, the podcast that helps you put your DC brand in more people's baskets. My name is Ollie. I'm the founder of 303. And I'm Jamie, the MD at 303. And in this podcast and in our newsletter, you can expect to see brands that we're loving, ads that are working super well, and much, much more. So to make sure you don't miss out, please make sure you subscribe on both audio and video platforms and head over to 303.london to sign up to our newsletter. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Cool, so we're back in and this week we are not joined by Jamie, which is a relief. Uh, We're joined by Jordan, mate, how are you?
1: very well mate Thank yeah. you very much and yeah appreciate being
0: here mate thanks so much for coming in so i thought we'd mix up the podcast because we talk a lot about our own stuff and i wanted to get our first guest as get in my basket so thanks so much for coming down i know you're a busy man so no, appreciate mate, time. Time. i appreciate
1: the enjoyed the walk from from oh, i didn't walk all the way from all, but <laughs> but a, a good chunk of it was great
0: cool man so when, when we kick off i think you're probably best known in the linkedin world as the manager of the sidemen but i know there's a lot more to you than that so i thought it'd be cool yeah. to run through a bit of your life, where, mm. what got you to where you are today. Obviously you're running Arcade Media um, and you're managing the Sidemen. So there's you're a busy man, right? How do you fit it yeah. all in in one day firstly? Did, That's my uh, first question. I,
1: mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know these days. I think, um, yeah, I've been quite, um, I mean, having two babies as well over the yeah. last two uh, two years and five months has been also, yeah. mad. I think it's just about being really bullish with time. And I always say having kids has been amazing in terms of making work a lot easier. Really, <laughs> Because weirdly, a the perspective like yeah. work becomes the easy bit. In yeah, a way. Yeah, can and it speaks to a lot of people. They say exactly. It's like, yeah, I get my break at work. Like <laughs> um, but also, it means that you have to be a lot more efficient with time. Otherwise, yeah. you can't do stuff. So, yeah, yeah. In a way, it's helped level my own sense of efficiency. I think nice. in, a, in a positive
0: way. And you spread that throughout the team. Give them the parenting yeah, yeah, the yeah. oh, of
1: course. Oh, yeah, here, here in there, this different. <laughs> Sam, he um, he recently had his had his first daughter. about yeah. About same age as our seconds, about eight months ago. Oh nice. So, so you're both like learning learning yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. That's yeah, cool.
0: That's it. So where did it all begin? Like let's take it, let's take it like back a little for me, bit. For me, for you okay. Yeah, for you. Where did it all go where back. did it all start? Um out?
1: yeah, so I've been working I mean it's not that long relative to a lot of people, but I've been I've been doing this now for about seven years. Um it's probably my eighth year actually, um, since I was eighteen. So I um I was at Camford School, which is a school in North London, and I was I was in a position where as everyone is, you're doing your personal statements, you're getting ready for uni. Yeah had them all accepted, was going through the whole process, but part of me was just, was just telling me that this isn't the way to do it. This isn't right for me. I'd always been quite creative and like sort of being proactive at school, setting up projects and brands. I started a clothing company at school and a film magazine and other various projects. I always had this thing of just getting on and doing stuff. Um, and um and yeah when i got to that last year of school it was a it was a case of okay what do we do now i've got uni here that's where i'm sort of not being pushed into by school but school obviously leans you into that way the whole system does everyone that's all they think is yeah (laughs) i'm sure um but at the same time i knew it wasn't instinctively right for me so i ended up um Think okay, all the companies out there, what's a company that is cool and that just does interesting stuff. I didn't know what they did or anything about the business, but just, just inst- instinctively yeah. what company felt cool. Yeah, And always in 2015, it was Vice, right? Vice is cool. Yeah. That's always the thing that you say. So I remember... um Looking up on Vice saying what jobs they have? They make cool documentaries and all the North Korea stuff and all the things mm. they were doing at the time were brilliant. I think less so now, but at the time, at the time they were great.
0: Yeah, because they were like peaking like kind
1: of... 2013 20, 20, 20, yeah, to 6.15, yeah. I'd say. Amazing people there. And yeah. Anyway, I'll get to that. <laughs> um, and I... Um, I basically sent out an email. A friend of mine, Noah, had um, all their their emails from when he did work experience there, so I asked him to send me the thread. And I sent out an email to like 20 people there, saying, "Can I just come in for a, some advice and a coffee. Just want to learn a bit more about what you guys do and just see if I can get closer to the industry, into into your business." Yeah. Um, they said, "As always, you scatter gun out." like 20 emails you'll get one reply at yeah. least I've got two replies nice. um yeah, yeah that's it that's it strong <laughs> strong conversion. Yeah. um and one of those replies said uh, I kept went in to meet her the following week she then introduced me to Ian Richardson who was the MD of, of virtue the agency at the time we got on really well and I was obviously like 17 and I knew nothing about anything but yeah. we got we clicked got on well and he said look if you want to come do work experience like feel free to come and spend the summer with us so I did, um, went to Glastonbury that weekend, came back the week after, turned 18 at Glastonbury on that nice. Sunday, whatever. It was mad. Um, <laughs> and then when I got back, I started there my first week. I was there all of that summer. Yeah. And then it got to the end. It was the best summer ever, so much fun, but I got to the end and it was uni time, right? So it got to the point where hang on, I needed to start this course. And I'd applied for all these different different courses. The one that I went into was digital culture at Kings. That was like the one I wanted to do, the only one that seemed interesting to me. Yeah. Which I think also is a sign that it wasn't right, given that I went for the most kind of non-course course course to try and find something that was remotely fun even though, yeah, I knew it wouldn't be. Anyway, went to do that. Awful, hated it. Terrible experience. I was there for like maybe well, i mean do like nine hours a week or something yeah. now? But it was doing that during the week and then interestingly doing Vice on Friday. So I still managed to spend my Fridays there. And that contrast I always say it was really interesting, going from a digital culture course <laughs> in the week to then living yeah. and working in proper yeah, yeah. digital culture. And what didn't
0: you like about well. like the was it was it the way of learning? Was that like oh, everything i think I, the,
1: I think it was so yeah. out of touch with of touch with Real world, deeply impractical. Yeah. Um. Obviously expensive. Never mind the fact that you know, all the, there's so many people in the class who just had no real guidance on anything tangible in terms of the world of work, and my my sort of scorn towards that whole institution has only increased since I've left. I, yeah. I was speaking to someone the other day, and it's slight digression. I can't think of a single person who's actually, and I've spoken to hundreds of people about this, who's left uni and come out better than when they started. I can't think of a single one. Yeah, man. Maybe guess, there's one well, in this space. I, was yeah, talking about the yeah, great, I mean, I've I space. I didn't go,
0: so like I I knew pretty early on that I was like, nah, like it just wasn't for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I had loads of friends that went and like they came out with degrees they didn't use, and like I've I've always been pretty anti uni, unless you're like a doctor would oh, yeah, operate yeah, on like yeah, heart, yeah, yeah. like I get it. But yeah, 100%. I think for
1: for the world that we now live
0: in, it's it's a bit of a Barrier, right you slow down and and i agree with you i mean there's definitely some anonymies there but like it's Uh, just not
1: exactly and i think uh, yeah it's a subject i'm quite strong on because i just see how many people come out with the same story and it's Mm. almost someone needs to kind of (laughs) raise the flag especially people coming through that there are that it is not best for them in this space um anyway um Yes, yeah, so I went, didn't like it, had Vice on the Friday and I yep. did that for a, t- a semester, stayed a full semester before, nice. had the Vice Christmas party and I was sat there with um, with Adam and Ben who were my sort of two uh, mentors there. People nice. I was working under them, creative director and, uh, and executive creative director. Pretty um, awesome mentors there. Yeah, it was great, yeah, man. Yeah. It was amazing and they were, they were brilliant and I'd obviously worked all summer with some of them. I remember us talking slightly, everyone was slightly waving. and we just like, you know uni isn't for me etc cetera, etc cetera. they said look if you want to work with us and yeah. start we'd love to have you yeah but we don't want to like annoy your parents <laughs> if you know uni's something that you know is a sensitive issue we don't want to mm. force you out but we'd love for you to join us um i said yes obviously on the spot yeah went home woke up the next morning and dropped out saturday i remember it distinct. i was living at home with my parents i was just like yeah i'm out and they were they were brilliantly supportive of it nice. um which was great and i know that can be a thing which a real thing which stops people from yeah. taking those jumps but um they didn't even question it or blink and, and yeah i dropped out and then over christmas i think that was it i didn't go back afterwards started a Vice in the january um yeah. as a junior creative which was the role that i'd looked at and found on the, on when i looked on the vice site back when i was doing my politics and yeah et so it was a nice little story and. Rounded it off well, and that was, I guess, the start. Um, I was in there, interestingly, for three months before Ian pulled me aside and said, "Look, I've got the opportunity to go to Lab Bible and start their agency. Do you want to go there and, and do that with me?" Again, I was like, "Why not?" So when's before that? like,
0: seventeen.
1: Twenty sixteen. Yeah, nice. Because that's um, when Lab Bible really went. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. No, like sorry, Bible. I, I, I lied. That no, it was 20, Yeah, it was twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because that Beginning kind of time of feels
0: like from from my memory at least feels like when Sports Bible was coming. Yeah. So all.
1: The... So so we came in when Lad was um you know let's say coming out of its uh pubescent years of of problematic pretty awful content just a
0: facebook page right but
1: also mad scale like the biggest page in 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 the world at the time i think or one of them um Mm. so we came over to help it age up and bring in some of the corporate structure and and sensibilities from vice which helped vice become so successful which obviously was and that's what ian was was amazing at So so we went over there set up set up joyride with um um, a friend of mine called Will Hayne and uh, James Baines and a few others it was amazing it was such a fun time I was there for a year and a half like literally the dream team of people at, was that? At, um, it felt like being in the Invincibles Now, back <laughs> at um, with people at Lab Bible and that's kind of cringe but like it was amazing they were so much talent in that in that business um which got it to where it where it obviously now is a lot pretty much all of them have left now but that year and a half Mm -hmm. um i was there was the best time um had amazing people and yeah we um obviously built it grew the team out grew everything around it the business in it and it it kind of blew up and did really well but then got to the point where i thought okay i'm 20 i've been doing this for a long time naive obviously hadn't but i felt felt that way um i thought let me do something for myself now so i set up a company called roundabout which was a gen z agency um aim being to help brands future-proof themselves for gen Z. me being 18 to 20 and having worked with a number of brands and and sort of been speed rolled through the whole industry um i felt like i could bottle that and bring it to to business so i did that um with two apprentices actually joined me at at lab bible we kind of went off and splintered michael and um, stefan and they were great um what was that time like it was amazing it was so much fun crazy because I kind of you know it's going from being in a company to setting it up but I had yeah. no there was no like trepidation or sense that it wouldn't work out we just went for it mm-hmm. um really fun we did that for six months again sort of cut short in a timely way because um one of the clients was James Grant um TV management business at the time predominantly mm-hmm. um and we got on really well we were working on projects for them through roundabout but then it got to the point where I thought hang on this is so much better than anything else we're doing. I felt like I'd stumbled into like this gold mine of, of an opportunity creatively in that, you know, working at publishers
0: mm.
1: obviously amazing in terms of reach and scale and, and audience, but actually talent and mm. people were a missing link. And I didn't really piece that together until I'd found this business and I'm like, hang on, literally sitting on all of the biggest names in entertainment, yeah. whether it's Anton Deck and Phillips Goford, Holly Willoughby, Reggie Yates, whoever it might be at the time. Um, and all of their socials and the reach is is far bigger than any publishing network, right? Yeah. And actually taking the mindset of a lad which sat across lad bible, sport bible, food bible, mm. that sort of editorial you know, mentality and taking that to people was what I then attempted to do there, and, and is where we really found a I think a great creative gel between us. So yeah, went and 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 Mary, who's the CEO now, um, was the MD of entertainment at the time. We got on amazingly, and still got on amazingly. She's a really good friend and mentor of mine, and yeah, we got to the point where actually. She said, look, why don't you come and do this? We'd love to have you as much time as you can give. Um and if you want to do it, like the, the door's open. Um so I said, yeah. And we all got to a point with roundabout where we actually all thought about it and reckoned, you know, we could actually go and do our own thing now. Right. Um, and they all have the chance to come with and, and do it yeah. in James Grant at the time. But they wanted to go and do their own thing and and sort of take off from the springboard, I guess we'd all given yeah. it ourselves. Um and so yeah, I started as the chief creative officer there in 2018, literally first of January 2018. Um and that was the start of three and a half years there, really. So three and a half four years, the other half being when we were consulting. And yeah, it was amazing. Had such a brilliant time. Um, learned so much. It was able to be at, obviously a great position in a company at twenty, you know, twenty one. Mm. I think so, no twenty to twenty four. No twenty twenty three. I can't remember anyway. Still all blending into one. <laughs> a, yeah, a, a great It was. I felt like it was my university, yeah. proper university education, because nice. I ended up going through, you know, proper business like experience whether it's selling the company to Trilantic in 2019 um or whether it's you know dealing with scaling growth acquisitions like being yeah. at the heart of that and, and sitting with Neil the CEO at the time and Mary was uh, honestly a dream come true I'd learned so much more than I could ever ever learned doing anything else yeah. um and it really stepped my whole um game up and my ability to yeah just understand I think so much of business is just being in you know countless experiences which just yeah. helped mold the way you see things and the way you can um you can make decisions and make better decisions than, than were made before and mm. yeah it was great however COVID happened <laughs> changed the whole mentality of the business as it did for every mm. company and everyone because so much of the stock had gone into live yeah. um life goes what do you do so the business obviously had to change and became it, it just created an environment that was a little bit more stressful as it did for everybody trying to not keep the lights on it wasn't that bad but um when you're dealing with private equity and, and business on a yeah. on a big scale, things like that have a massive impact. Massive, massive impact. So
0: I guess the thing is as well, like it's not, like you say, it's not turn the lights on situation where like it's really struggling, but it's still like in yeah, any scale yeah. for COVID for everyone was a very, very scary yeah, And time, you've got like debtors and you've got people competing.
1: who, so it's, it's a different beast of a of, 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 a, of a situation, um, which is why so many big companies struggled, of course, as mm. did obviously the people on the startup end. Um, but yeah, and, and I think I had, me and my wife had our first baby at the time, um, beginning of 2020 and then COVID happened 20, in, in March. Yeah. And it was obviously just mad. Like, you know, many, many meetings, me in, not, miss, not being able to go to bedtimes and bath times. I was so just yeah. missing out on a lot of stuff. Family just, life. But even though I was at home, it was just weird. And yeah. I think um, I got to the point where it was just enough of a nugget where I was like, if there's an opportunity to leave, I, I will leave. Because I wanted to do something that was more able to be tailored around my family than have yeah. my work tailor my family life, which I didn't want. Um, and so, yeah, it got to the point, where providentially it was amazing that it all came together the way it did um but towards the end of that year a friend of mine aaron really good friend of mine at the time as well as obviously now obviously um he had been he'd gone off to manage holly h and a couple of other tiktokers yep. um and he'd gone and done that on his own i'd always stay close to him and me and him got on amazing when he was in business management he was an accountant um, but much more than an accountant he helped his clients to kind of work out their whole creative lives as well as being their business manager. And so he brought oh, wow. me in to sort of give management advice to clients of his on the accountancy side yeah, yeah, yeah. when he saw that they were lacking or needed support. So he yeah. really had that eye for it and he's an amazing people person and, and yeah, he's brilliant. And we got together um, and he basically came to me and said, look, I've met Sam who's our third co-founder and Sam runs a company called Starbucks and there's an opportunity potentially to do something here um, with the Sidemen, um, obviously the biggest creative group in europe one of the biggest in the world top of any table uh, in terms of metrics and yeah obviously i obviously grown up with these guys mm. um managed to go to the charity match in 2016 with sport bible their first one in southampton which was just incredible and yeah. seeing the scale of the audience it was like these guys are one direction level i would say it's one direction level mm. sort of fandom in in the once in a generation group i really believe that and um yeah they obviously had, had been doing what they've been doing brilliantly, but they hadn't broken out into some of the, uh, these other areas. I yeah. don't think they'd ever had a team to do that. So we came to them and said, look guys, like you are killing it. Undoubtedly, the numbers are unreal in terms of all the content. And they'd obviously got the incredible business side, Men Clothing over here, but there's so much more they could do.
0: Because by that point, how old, like Simon Clothing's? what, 2015? Something yeah, like that? I believe
1: so. Uh, I'll have to look it up. But
0: but it's, it was, it's yeah. been going for a little for while. Years, right? Yeah, yeah. it'd
1: it been there, obviously their merch arm um, that then become its own kind of clothing brand numbers and, and killing it, obviously a huge audience just for that, that, yeah. that, that love the clothes and, and rep the boys through the clothes and have a real affinity to it. And, and Matt, who runs it, is incredibly, inspiring, brilliant um, individual. And I think, yeah, he, he sort of, you wouldn't necessarily know, like, if you if you know this guy and know how much he's done for this brand, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Amazing. Because um, for
0: creators as well, like, merch is quite a common thing right In terms, yeah. and it makes a lot of sense especially for audiences they want to be involved it feels like the sidemen put a lot of um, attention into the quality and the designs and yes. making sure it really fitted with their audience but 100%. that was one, probably one of the biggest clothing brands with few through, through creators right 100 percent. there's not much more than that that they could have done so much more at the time exactly and i think
1: yeah it kind of got to the point where that's their established growing building the content growing building but you know, you guys are the biggest franchise and that's, that's, yeah. I think the switch that, you know, I think at YME, we spent a lot of time thinking is, is actually how do, how do we view our clients as personality brands, yeah. not just individuals yeah. um, or groups. And it's about looking at the franchise, like what is that, you know, Gen Z Disney level mm. ambition rather than just creators, yep. so to speak. So, yeah, we we came to that, came to them with that. We had an amazing conversation with them, um, and it, it came to like that they'd obviously been thinking about that and wanted these things. They had amazing ideas, so it was pretty easy to come mm. in and to be like, "No, we'll go and execute them." They, yeah, you know, can't take credit for for any of the, uh, well, not I mean, all of it's obviously collaborative, but they'd sat on a lot of these ideas for really? a while, just um, didn't know how to
0: get them right. The and it's and a stuff.
1: lot, and it is a lot of work. So it's a completely different thing to brand deals, obviously, mm. which is why it's difficult. Yeah. And I think not many creators have the scale, reach, and audience mm. that enables them to do something like this, to be yeah. honest. But anyway, um, yeah. So they're like, yeah, let's let's go for it. And manage us. We're like, yep, cool. We'll manage you. <laughs> and, and is that the... where Arcade Media was formed, right? Yes. So we, so exactly. So um, we sat on the whole ambition, really, of Arcade. And I think the way I look at Arcade is it's kind of a hidden vehicle, if anything. It's not really... The ambition, the, the aim of us is not to build our cage per se, and we have no real ambition to. The aim for us, and it's an inverse, I think, of how management companies look at things. I'm yeah. um, seeing even obviously being a YMU, which is based around scale and building YMU, but also um every other management company that we looked at from a compet- competitive perspective. It's not to say there's anything wrong with that at all, mm. but the model is different. Their yeah. model is build, 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 scale, 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 more clients, more clients, more clients, um as it is for every management company, whereas ours is actually... Um, one client and just knock it out of the park for them, and yeah. we obviously benefit more as a result. And I think we're in a privileged position to do that because that one client is just so big and yeah. just so at the top of the league that they warrant that that dedicated team. And I think also looking at um, it was one thing always at me that we were caught, We were wary of was you know looking at the states who are obviously leading yeah. the way. And if you look at the biggest creators, but not just creators, biggest talent there, yeah. they don't actually have big scaled management companies beneath them. They that's, have one manager, yeah. typically, or, or one One team. guy,
0: yeah, one one internal team almost that's slightly yeah. external.
1: Whether it's Kevin Hart or whether it's, you know, The Rock or whether it's Drake, whoever, they all have a dedicated, focused team. So yeah. that was the mindset. It's like these guys are at that top tier um, internationally is in terms of an audience, in terms of reach, et cetera. Treat them like you treat a top-tier elite franchise, brand, mm. talent-led brand, which is what they ultimately are. Um, so, yeah, we've been doing it now for... Over a year, we've launched three brands, um, Side Plus, which is the membership club, Sides, the Fried Chicken, Chain, which is a crazy thing, but it's a proper chain. It's nearly like 50 sites now, um, yeah. Ghost Kitchen-based, principally. And we've got one physical inbox part Wembley, if you've, if you've never been, mm. please, please, come, I'll, t- I'll <laughs> take you there. Um, and then XX Vodka, which is yeah. the brand. So yeah, yeah. Man, it's been amazing. We've had such fun. I can't thank the boys enough, both the Subway Boys and also the Arcade Boys, yeah. um, for just the speed and the, the willingness to creatively just go for it because I, so I was gonna say do you, think that,
0: do you think that's the biggest kind of um thing i guess that's led to the success of both the simon but also now arcade is the, is the speed of like you've obviously got the quality pretty well nailed and i've seen you making some really cool strategic hires on that but do you think that's what puts them aside from the rest is just the pure speed of volume i mean there's so much content going out and I can't even yeah. imagine what happens, has to happen for side plus, but mm. was that always the ambition is like, we always need to keep this speed at up to right rate.
1: Uh, I, th- I think so. I think it's, it's, they never want to be lacking. Like yeah. nothing ever can fall short or not be running at, at like top speed constantly yeah. because ultimately they want to stay where they are. And, yeah. and if you look at any elite talent, quote unquote talent, Um, personality brand like the ambition is always to be that one step ahead constantly like what's next what's next what's next how are we evolving this out and ultimately and i think this is the key it's evolving it out so that we can of course obviously build this franchise but ultimately it's it's, i think to create more access points for more fans that's actually the thing for me that is like the driving force is like we how do we we've got this incredible fan base how do we and how do they um create as many access points as possible for as many different types of yeah. people in that audience to them because that value exchange is really where i think then not only is it obviously rewarding from a business perspective but actually you're you're driving and increasing that connectivity with, mm. between the audience and, and the creator and that i think is the main long-term goal yeah which is awesome
0: so um talk to me about side plus i guess start off with for, for i mean everyone knows probably knows what it is but what was the reason behind side plus and and what's the purpose and where do you guys fit in
1: yeah so so side plus is um, is that i would i'd call it the premium membership club for the boys um essentially is for those who want more of mm-hmm. of them um who want to pay to support that um because obviously it costs our money to do these things yeah. and build these brands out um and who you know in terms of studios and hires and teams et cetera um who who want more premium content um and so we set it up with that intention to create like such a wealth of value yeah. that no one can ever question the value in the sense that we always wanted it to be. As in like the price they pay. Yeah. They so we, we wanted to give, so much we wanted, money. and this was, yeah. from the book, we wanted to give so much yeah. that it was, you know, that it becomes really appealing to people. And also, you know, it isn't like a cash grab thing. It isn't something which is. It seems exploitative because yeah. ultimately the aim genuinely is to create more content and more experiences. We just had an amazing thing the other day. It was our second 100K club, which is for um, where we give 100,000 dollars out to um, I think six fans from the club, oh, and they spend it. It's like split six ways, and then they all get to spend like 13 and a half grand or something wow. each. Supposed, cause um, for some people,
0: that's a life changing money, right? Money, yeah, right?
1: but also we did it in the studio. The boys were there, all yeah. like, that, and it was like filming. it Should be brilliant. Um, we, give, we gave away Ethan's GTR, which is like his I saw iconic yeah, car. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. we did not give away for that because he's then, got a
0: huge history with that car and everything. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So important car.
1: Exactly, so that's a big thing for some. So you know, we the whole aim of it, and this is run brilliantly by Victor Bengtson, who we brought over from Fnatic to lead on on the club, and he's been instrumental in, in building it. Is about creating this real community of of, of fans and an audience there who can kind of take on its own own life where like we've got Discord which is popping like there's so many people in there like connecting talking engaging yeah. forums the, you know it's it's its own sort of garden of people who want more but also who love the boys want to support the boys mm. um, and who've been there through this journey and want to stay on this journey so I think it's got a real depth to it yeah. in terms of what it means to the community Um and I think that's been so thankfully it's sort of proven to to work in that people genuinely love the product and yeah. they enjoy it and they get a lot from it. And I think that for me is, is the biggest reward mm. that people really, really love it. Um, And so yeah, our role in that is to, is to run it with yeah. them as with everything. Now we're kind of across the whole, whole. And how much work, system. I
0: mean, I'm sure people that are probably subscribe to that, to that club and, and that have seen the promo for whatever, they're like, Oh, there's, there's a good quality there and it's obviously great content, but yeah. how much work actually goes into that? Like that people just oh, don't see.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a team of, 20 yeah freelancers full-time people community managers people yeah. who you know content producers there's there's a real big team around it we have a whole studio space where we have so we call that like the hq we have like four or five sets for nice. different shows and you know we've got obviously the filming team it's like it's a proper operation yeah, yeah. um did it take
0: a long while to get ready to launch obviously you, i imagine yeah. you film a lot of content pre-launch no
1: just no 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 we filmed from the first sidecast nice our side men and Psychast is the podcast podcast right? yeah so podcast society, which is Sidecast Ask the yeah. side Men, and then um, what else do we have on, on that I think that was kind of maybe that was it to begin with
0: and that was it just open the floodgates and see what people say and yeah. what was the response like I, me- I remember great. seeing it go because it went live well not too long ago now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even... But back yeah, in September September okay you're fine
1: yeah so no the response was amazing and I think that's because you know we put so much work and the boys put so much work into making sure the value proposition was bang on to the yeah. point where you know it really gave more than it, it you know it, asked for, it was it was really giving a lot and i think you know thank, thankfully um whenever you launch these things you're not sure how these things out. Yeah. So so is, is it going to be seen in one way or another but actually it, it was received really well nice. and people love it and i think even today um we, we always we all feel like we're just at the beginning of this like what could this become as, as, an, as a community and as a, as a club in yeah. a year's time two years time three years time that's what's really exciting um so yeah start something pretty mad yes yeah, so i think,
0: think. So let's move on to chicken. Chicken <laughs> should have bought some. Yeah, I know, man. So, so where did where did sides come from? Like, it's obviously you know the branding's genius, everything, but it's a little bit.
1: He was like, why, why? You yeah, know, what's the what's the purpose? Because they love just... chicken. Well, no, it's, no. <laughs> oh, true answer is they would always had the name sides. Right, obviously, <laughs> and yeah, they so, okay. and they thought, oh, wouldn't it be sick? I think they, they 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 talk about this like cab ride where they're sitting in the back of a cab and like Simon and JJ's in a video, I think, are rattling off like all the tons and funny things and business yeah. ideas they could do with Side. Um, and sides was one of those where I was like, could we create our own restaurant um, or, or our own concept? And so that was the umbrella that they wanted to do that. It was one of the top ideas. They voted on like a list of 10, 15 things that they'd come up with or, or we come up with or we thought could be interesting. Yeah. And the the top two were launching an alcohol brand and launching a fried chicken or not oh, fried wow. chicken, and launching a, a, a food brand. Um, so yeah, so we ended up creating sides because A, it fit the, their their vision of actually having their own restaurant which is something they wanted for themselves but also chicken obviously for them is a massive thing that they love and is like knowing that Nando's is like their favourite restaurant yeah. you know, other, other than Sides um, <laughs> but also you know it it's a universal product that has as many again access points to as many fans as possible that's yeah. part of why we did it is because it is the number one product in the world in terms of sales in terms of people loving it and wanting it Um, but also you can reach audiences anyway the boys' audience is so international you have to, you have to always think for that bigger picture. Yeah. Um, so we couldn't create a product that was very UK or very, you know, one market. And I think fried chicken is like the is the perfect, never mind the fact that the boys love it. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, so so sides came together and and we've now we're a point now where we you know we've launched, I think, fifty, should be over fifty sides. Wow. um ghost and, kitchen Bread. Like
0: starting that, like obviously for you. Like you just Mm. said, you've got years of experience in digital and brands and everything. And then it's like a cool launch, (laughs) launch, launch a restaurant. Like it's an exciting challenge, right? You're like wicked. And obviously the brand came Mm. out amazingly and, and it's, it's a rocket success. But like, where do you start with that? Like,
1: I think you start with partners who are much better than you. (laughs) I think the big, I think the biggest thing with everything we've done is never do it ourselves. Because actually we are not the, what on earth do I know (laughs) about? I know nothing, and so finally <laughs> you know what it a tastes part- like, you know, it's going to well, taste I good, or no. good. I yeah. know I know how to hopefully make the brand good and make yeah. Good, but the actual the depth of that logistical Operations operation yeah. is crazy, and so we enlisted um, uh, the amazing team at Hero Brands, yeah. uh, who also run German on the kebab, island pokey. They're like and German or Kebab, I don't know if you know it, but it's like the fastest growing food Just seen one, one Yeah, I live out in like
0: <laughs> Richmond area and one is open. They've got oh. a huge, I think mean they've just taken like Benson's Bed Store, which obviously given cater Massive. like a thousand bed. They just filled the whole thing out. Yeah,
1: like huge it's, it's, it doesn't very them, And it's, <laughs> it's brilliant, genuinely. Yeah. I remember we all had it because we were initially speaking to them about GDK and, and we ended yeah. up trying it. And it's like, no, nah, this is amazing. They know how to make an amazing product. So yeah. we came together with them. We'd already been working on sides um in a slightly different skew, we kind of were going down different routes and just developing it. Um, but then we came, But then we ended up having a conversation with them and it became a no brainer to say, let's just pack it in and, and do it to get to it together because ultimately their ability, scale, understanding of the market, resources, expertise is, is second to none. Mm. Um, and also the best thing is they don't play like a traditional beast of a company. Right. They're hugely successful um, but they're super dynamic and they're the game, very dynamic yeah. and so the the individual who is running sides um and he's kind of taking on you know he does all of the the, the sort of day-to-day driving of the brand from hero side is robin matter who's incredible i've learned infinite amounts from him, but he's so right for this because he gets our world and yeah. he's willing to play by our rules not bend yeah, yeah, yeah. to, to kind of a traditional rule book and that's why he's so good at what he does so Yeah, I think massive testament to him and the team at Hero because sides is is fully, you know, I think a testament to their understanding and brilliance of the marketplace paired with our ability to drive the brand and then us coming together, hopefully make something pretty special. And those
0: collaborations, like we were saying before about the whole speed (laughs) thing, were you ever like, if we anyone that comes into this world has to be able to keep up with the world we've created? Yeah. Was that always a bit of like a a test for you guys?
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's how we know if a partner is a good partner because if they start making things slow and corporate and you start getting those twitches of being in a, you know, a yeah. board meeting in a big, it's yeah. like, no, that's not how we need to do this. Like we need to run, move quickly, build a brand out that is dynamic and fast and is, is what the audience expect, which is mm. quick and real and honest and authentic. And I think the boys are, if there's a, if there's one word that, I know it's the most like cringe, overused word, but it is being, it's being authentic. They are yeah. themselves in every way, yeah. in every way. They do not change for anything. Yeah. And I think because of that, the brand needs to be, it needs to speak differently. It needs to act differently. It can't be a kind of cold, soulless, overly constructed corporate company. It mm. needs to play and feel like, like in an authentic way, like the boys, which yeah. is how they want it and how they want the brand to, to communicate. So that's really integral. I think for us is making sure that everything feels real to them because mm. um, it is from them and it is theirs. Um, and I think that, yeah, that's something which heroes uh, are brilliant at getting. Um, and yeah, they fully bought into that.
0: What was the hardest thing about launching sites for you guys? Was Ooh. it the actual getting it to the market? Because I imagine that the response, because it does line mm. up so well, like you're saying, the demographic of, I imagine, what this, you know, the audience of the Sidemen would connect with that. And it's, mm. and it's that kind of thing. But what was the biggest challenge in doing it all?
1: Biggest challenge, I think, was, is what well, is the reality of growth yeah. in food because food is not like any other space nope. so you're i think and when you're not used to that it's yeah. all of us having to get used to the fact that sometimes it doesn't go well like mm. someone's food isn't the food isn't, isn't it was up, a, there was know. a
0: thing with like the vegan the vegan menu or something where it just didn't hit the mark for and then you guys yeah and we had to adapt yeah. To it
1: yeah yeah so things like that where like we just it's just learning how to play yeah. in food which is its yeah. own completely distinct and challenging space is one yeah. of the hardest spaces in the world for a reason so it's Did just getting pumped, it, loved it but yeah. it was also you know mad because hold on we're growing and growing and growing and sites are going out the door yeah how do you also because reef with the operational partner again brilliant and done a great job but yeah. you know by definition if you're churning out thousands and thousands thousands of orders mm. how many orders you're churning there are going to be problems dealing with those problems and you know having you know the just the reality yeah. of of issues. Because also it's delivery
0: right? And and other partners. So like you're shipping yeah. like cheese fries across London and like getting used to that. And right. <laughs> all so, all that it's, kind of so there's
1: only so much. So that, you know, how, as we all know from ordering even the best, most incredible mm. restaurant that we all love, whatever it might be in, in, in whatever part of the world we live in. Yeah. When you get it from delivery, there's always sometimes problems. Yeah. So I, it's just dealing uh, yeah. with that. I think that's the bit that emotionally is hard when you're not used to things going wrong and then yeah. you have to come to terms with the fact it's food. Because there's so much around. out of
0: your control, right? You can't control every delivery driver. Control. Whereas That's before, it. what you were doing and what the side men were doing is very focused around, we can control the content that goes out. We can control everything. That's it. And a little bit out of that. And so title. that is the emotional
1: challenge yeah. that we all had to go through as a, as a team, boys included, of getting used to that discomfort with yeah. it because you're not in control of, of it in the same way that, that you are normally with everything else. And then as a good example of that, when we launched, we launched across obviously the nine sides mm. and it completely crashed every platform to the point where we didn't have we didn't have enough drivers. So it was a it was a nightmare in that.
0: Well, so you had the orders coming in but you couldn't get it out. There weren't
1: enough drivers. <laughs> so we didn't have delivery Uber Eats. There weren't enough drivers to fulfill. Yeah. So people's orders were waiting, people had to wait, 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 wait. And I imagine
0: and... they start complaining to the boys, right? They're not coming right. to the brand, they're going to well and yeah, Uber
1: yeah, Eats yeah. when actually in reality it's it's a st- there's nothing even delivery and Uber Eats can do. If they yeah. don't have enough drivers, they don't have enough drivers well, yeah, yeah. they do this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I remember launch, launch day was stressful because it was like, hang on a minute, like we've just obviously promoted this, we've got this brand out, it's going, like people love the idea, they're bought into it, and the first impression some people got wasn't great yeah. because they haven't having to wait an hour for their food or an hour and then it's cold or whatever, and it's just not you, the one you flapping at the point in time we well, we're, were just like, we're just like what have we done this you you're like should
0: i go get a moped yeah and just yeah, do yeah i just went like, like, yeah.
1: like one of the sites was around the corner for me so i was like honestly i'll, get, I'll <laughs> drop it off but um no so that again that's just again part of this and i think one of the biggest growing experiences for me personally and i think for all of us involved with this is is that learning to live with the the reality of being out of control
0: yeah
1: to, a, to an extent to a large extent and mm-hmm. also in a space like food where Every meal is going to be cooked differently. Every yeah. time it goes out, there's always a risk that things don't go well. So I think that's the challenge. Um, that quality also, control almost. Yeah. Everything. And yeah. when you're going at scale, yeah. by definition, Art. there's more problems. The bigger yeah. you get, the more problems you have. Yeah. So that's 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 the that's the sort of truth of, of the emotional, I guess, challenge with it. Um, for just to kind of deal with or, or to feel comfortable with that discomfort. Um, but then on the other side, when you think about how many people love it mm. and the response people have, been given to it, and you know Boxpark, which I, which I'm exceptionally grateful for, and I think yeah. was an amazing partnership. And and thank a huge thanks to that whole team. Like launching there has been unreal. Brilliant. People love it there. I mean, when I, I remember going out for for the days that it launched in um, when was it, a few months ago now, and it was just like queues, like literally, Brilliant. like I remember we had to we had to create a queuing system in the club next to. Luckily, we're next to it, next to our site yeah. in Wembley, because there was so many people who wanted. Wow, it. and so it's like. That's where you go, okay, this is, this is amazing. And the quality, the response, the social like buzz for it. I mean, the hype was, was really, and it is really real. And I think it's been, again, an amazing learning experience for me, for the boys, for everyone. Um, And we're super proud of it. And yeah, ultimately yeah. it's, it's we've only been going for what, what month are we in now? Fifth month of the year, seven months, six, seven months. Sure. So that like, what does it look like? And there's obviously
0: big plans to, I mean, it's you guys, right? So there's big plans yeah, yeah. to keep growing. And...
1: Yeah. So we're launching in the States this year got put it's got pushed back a little bit. It was gonna launch. I said I think I said before it was gonna launch this month. It's gonna it's been pushed back a little bit, but we're launching in the states um soon. Wow. We've got um we're coming out into various territories across the world, and yeah, ultimately it is that's some big challenges ahead. Yeah, of yeah, the yeah. States, right? Because yeah,
0: just like another world of
1: that's it. And thankfully, Reef, <laughs> who are our partner, yeah. they are um you know they they are like amazing over there. That's mm. their home if you yep. want. they have loads of kitchens they know where they, they know, know the drill. To scale. they know yeah. the drill so it's it's a lot more comfortable for them actually than in the uk because the uk is a newer, newer market for them um so yes yeah, so i feel confident very confident we're all confident in it and we think we're excited to get it out there that's going to be the next big step for the brand is branching I and mean, people know that it i don't know if people know that it's coming per se but i think they can guess right we're trying to scale it out and move it into as many odds we want to be everywhere yeah um we've also got norway launching soon uh, nice. randomly which, which has actually one of the highest densities why norway well, it has one of the highest densities of Sidemen audience in the world. Wow. Of any country. It's like... They're yeah. random? <laughs> I remember, so uh, Victor on our team, Yeah, he once said to me, that he's from Sweden, and he said, in the Nordics, the only two English celebrities are like I knew were the Sidemen and David Beckham. Really? <laughs> like, that's the level of, 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 of sort of fame. hype yeah, fame yeah. they have over there. So it's huge. Um very excited for that and that'll be coming out soon and yeah we've got big plans mate so we'll have to right, size seems see exciting soon. i mean I'm,
0: I'm excited to see what happens next but moving away from chicken and into vodka yes, which again meal. yeah you're really you're really getting all together yeah. so i guess my my thing with it's xix right mm. firstly i think it's a really clever move especially in that space soup i mean the size thing is quite a saturated market there's yeah. a lot of like fast food, let's use quotation marks there around that. But the Volca space is obviously big, big players as as the other space does as well. But um, I guess my thought has always been, the Sidemen have always been seen to have the slightly younger, de- we we're just talking about demographics, yeah. like yeah. slightly younger demographic. Launching a Volca, was there any like um, concern yeah. there of being yeah, like yeah. we're launching to audiences where we've got a, quite a lot of under 18s, but they've grown up, I guess, with, with and the boys. And that's, and, that's and that's the thing.
1: Th- so the numbers, so it's obviously a immediate reaction when one might think of, like, YouTube and young audiences yeah. and so on. In, re- in reality, like, 90% of the audience is over 18. Yeah. If not more, I think it might be 95% yeah. over 18. Because people don't realise that growth, do they? They don't right. realise... I mean, they've like... been doing this for 10 years, so yeah. the kid who was 14... Is now, now 24. 24. Yeah, who loves 16, on the weekend. 26. So, yeah. so, and that's where I think it, it was a no-brainer for the boys. I think their whole um drive for Vogue, for the Vodka brand was that they always wanted to see like their own bottle in, in a club. Like they obviously like yeah. going out and partying and stuff and they wanted yeah. to be in their own club and get a magnum with their own vodka. That was always just like a, a thing a yeah, yeah. dream that hopefully now has become a reality. Um magnums are come in we're, we're trying, trying to get them up up and running soon. But um and then we can say it's a reality. <laughs> I was say. Um but yeah so that was always the the ethos of it. And in terms of the age, yeah they've grown up and their audience have grown up with them. Yeah. And their audience is a lot older than I think people recognize. Um yeah. obviously there's a bigger younger contingent. Um, you know, their their whole thing as well is, well, again, parental guidance, there has to be a level of yeah. of, you know, certain people under a certain age should probably be engaging or watching with the content anyway. Mm. They, they do. So and that's up to the parents ultimately to decide. Um but for the biggest Is that also a bit with side plus as well? Because obviously yeah, it's so 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 and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. So we've got age rating, age gating on it all yeah. and everything is, as as I think it should. Yeah. Um but then but then yeah ultimately the, the biggest chunk of the audience is is a lot older mm. not a lot older but it's, it's over eighteen yeah um and are enjoying going out and partying and and XX then hopefully becomes a nice product that's this that kind of ages up again with the boys and I think that's also something that we're we're conscious of with everything it's how do we if we create things that the boys you know love and come from them and ideas that are ultimately theirs that yeah. they are passionate about you know that will drive the audience because ultimately they are a reflection to a large extent of their yeah. audience right um or the audience or reflect them, which whichever way. Um, and I think, yeah, hopefully that'll that'll bear fruit and, and will continue to grow out and build out. And you know, we're really excited about it. Again, we want to get it into the states. We want to get it into other countries and territories. We want to mm. just keep it growing and evolving. Um,
0: and what's been yeah. harder, uh, sides or or the Volca? to like launch and be behind.
1: So I think I think sides just because of the operational complexity yeah. of managing the scale of it. Volca. Has been brilliant, but also challenging in terms of the regulation because obviously alcohol is a lot more regulated than anything else, Mm. um, any other space. So, you know, it's it's been challenging creatively sometimes to to find its feet in terms of how can we play, what voice can we have, how can we speak. That's definitely a challenge, and it's it's getting there really well, Um, as well as things like you know COVID causing shortages in glass or supply chain issues in terms of the bottles or packaging, whatever it might be. Again. Problems, problems there, um, that are just out of our control, um. But yeah, I think look, they've both been, I think, again, testament to hero, mm. like relatively very seamless. And I couldn't have really asked for more in either, personally. Yeah. Um,
0: so, what's the? Is there a plan for for the vodka? Obviously, you're you're trying to get into more territories, whatever. But are you thinking about the the brand around that and the range? Yeah, yeah. Um, so
1: obviously, we want to do flavors. We've got you know ideas and and flavors in, in the pipeline. We want to do. Just all all of the things that an alcohol brand does, really, and just mm. play in in as many spaces as possible. Our, our whole thing, as well, is about celebrating success and ambition, and, and supporting creators and talent and musicians and artists and whatever that means. That sort of celebration of success is yeah. something that's quite key to the Her brand, like a story
0: and message. But yeah, yeah. Really nice. you know,
1: it's just coming in. You know, we're going it's into sick. the tenth year of the boys next year. Yeah, we've so been doing it for nearly a decade, and I think they've been obviously exceptionally successful, but also they've helped and supported and championed so many people through yeah. those ten years. So how do we almost use this as the mm. flag of, of that celebration of success?
0: Because what, what where does the name come from with the vodka?
1: Uh, so XIX is, is a brand that the boys have had previously That on Simon Clothing. They've had um, XX World, which was a capsule they did or a collection. XX has always been sort of a uh, like a tag, if you will, for them yeah. or, or, or sort of a number of meaning because it, it's 19 in Roman numerals and they were founded on the 19th of October, 2013. 2013. Yeah. Um, they're I'm gonna kill like, you for that that uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> was like I was kind of 10 years <laughs> actually, 2013 so yeah. that's that's why 19 is so significant nice um, and with that yeah.
0: brand I guess because obviously size has like the direct l- connection to the sidemen and obviously you know i'm sure no one including them knows what the future of the sidemen is going to hold with super long term i know they're very ambitious and they'll stick around for a while but you know everyone grows old at some point but with with um vodka i guess that brand is somewhat disconnected and there's an opportunity to have like you say a lot more freedom with that and it can be its own thing because you know there's a lot of people launching businesses around um alcohol you know from the rock to as kevin hart's just on his i've seen the the guys from breaking bad have just released really yeah, one uh,
1: flying out the door now, yeah. especially in the states and that's a good sign for us here because also the states is always further along yeah. the line so you know i mean people like kendall jenner's got 818 818 818, 818 tequila yeah um yeah you, i mean you've got proper 12 conor mcgregor you've got aviation gin ryan reynolds yeah. you've got so many for obviously the top people and i think the reason why alcohol is hard is because of the barrier to entry mm. is so much higher i think yeah. food is it's hard but it's ultimately you can enter it yeah. with not too much capital and investment well especially in, with
0: like the delivery in the dark kitchen side of exactly of the world now, right? so the
1: barrier to entry is a lot lower hence you've got more competition i think in alcohol it's as i found, as we've all found the barrier to entry is so much higher. The import fees, like taxes, duty, like yeah. stuff is not a joke. Crazy, yeah. And it adds to massively to the cost of production, to, you know, the cost you can sell it at, to so all these things. So I think that's why you only have people who are able to at that top, mm. top end, being able to, to kind of get into the space, um, which is exciting for us because we've been able to do it. And I think actually now we've got the product out there, I'm excited to think, okay, what, what again, what does this look like in five years' time, 10 years' time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's
0: see. But it's amazing, man. You've done so much in such a short period of time. But looking back, being a bit more reflective now, (laughs) I always hate doing this myself personally, so I'm going to jump in it. Are there being moments of pure challenge? Obviously, achieving so much at once. You've obviously got a great team behind you from the sounds of it, some great collaborators. But... Have there been those tough times? Have there been those moments of like, this is, I've got 25 things going on and I don't yeah. know how to attack it. Because yeah, it yeah. seems, especially with when you're super successful, it looks, you make it look easy, oh, you know? Okay. So like a lot of people probably look at that and go like, oh, we can do that. But have there been those tough times?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I think one thing I'll say actually is whatever challenges there have been are nowhere near as challenging when you're, sh- it sounds really corny, but when you're sharing them, because yeah. Having three co-founders, yeah, is the bestest best decision. Honestly, co-founding a company is so good. Yeah, are you co-founder or founder? No, no.
0: So I'm. I founded through, uh, what was called Green Tea in 2013, and then yeah. Jamie, who is normally on the podcast, yeah. he, um, yeah, he joined in 2019. I was looking for someone yeah. for a long time for about two years. I was like, I can't. I just couldn't do and it's not it's not about like you know where i wanted to push myself i was just like it's just impossible to do it completely by yourself 100%. and i think that's what a lot of people do. i didn't do it but um i did it by myself sorry for about five six years and it was Actually, really hard like really especially when you're young and you think the whole world's crumpling every day and there's fires everywhere and like the good times you don't even celebrate um you know i was looking for someone i, I met jamie um who's a mutual friend of someone else we know and stuff um but yeah like he he came in and and now sits md at 303 and that's given me so much value and it, it's the opportunities you know even today i'll be like moaning about something and yeah. you just you can have that moan it's okay I think emotionally
1: it is so important i would say that i would never found a business on my own ever again and i did that yeah again, neither but, would i yeah, was. <laughs> i did that in, in round when i did roundabout obviously yeah founded obviously it was it was a different thing right mm. obviously i was like 19 or whatever and it was yeah <laughs> but um but i would never do it again and i think oh, i say that i, I doubt i would ever do it again because um you know, any challenge, we just ride it out. There have been times, obviously, where things haven't gone right or there's been a problem here and there or there's been stress on a, on one of the brands or a product's not quite hit, whatever it is. Yeah. But Ultimately, when you're sort of sharing that load and you don't feel like it's all on you um, and you've got that team and that collective sense yeah. of, right, we are going to solve this and move forward. And also in a group, you can be... And this is why I think the boys are so successful, the sidemen boys, because I would say it's so a seven works brilliantly well from mm. a creative perspective. They vote on everything. So it's really. it always becomes... Supreme Court of the sidemen is it, like four and three. If it gets four majority, it's a majority win. Really? Like vote, that's it. So they're so very super collaborative, super very collaborative, like, yeah. very, but also objective and rational and clear. And it means you don't have any of the emotional kind of mm. challenges that often come when when decisions are either on, it, on one individual yeah. or aren't put through that rigor. But also, good ideas get through, bad ideas don't. Mm. So you have, fil- you have a filter system, I think, of quality yeah. purely by the fact that they all have to like it, or at least four of them do. Yeah. So and things get tested and pushed, and they're it, they're very good at that. Very, good. and I think for us, we've had, we've adopted a similar mentality as the three. Obviously, we've been working together for a year, not ten, mm. um, but it's been a similar thing where actually we are able just to push things through the rigor really rationally and, and and objectively to the point where when things go wrong, which they always do by definition of life, and things always go wrong. Yeah, they don't become problems; they just become challenges that we then solve as a group, rather yeah. than oh my goodness, this is you know the house is burning down mm. type thing.
0: Um, so looking, looking back over, um, over the last year, I guess, what's, what's the one thing you would take away as as something of like a vice, something of you would go, you know what, that's something that everyone else should really think about.
1: As in from arcade?
0: Yeah. From arcade or even from, from one of the brands you've launched or, or working in with so many different people and collaborate collaborators yeah. over last year, what's the one thing you think is like such a big key mm. that's really unlocked it for you?
1: I think the the biggest key of the last year for everything we've done is it's, it's being willing to fail. (laughs) And like, and it's again, kind of the corny bangers today, but (laughs) it's having the willingness to fail or flop or things not go well, but just do it. And you have to just kind of grab it and run. And I think that mentality has been absolutely essential for us um, because we just don't think we, we know that if we make these things, Quality. and if we all love them mm. that's as far as we can you know that's as much we can do we got to go for it and I think yeah. that sense of being willing to just push is it's been brilliant and, and then the other thing I'd also say is probably no not having an ego or, or not having our egos at the like leaving them properly at the door yeah. and obviously we all struggle with that all of us but us as a team being I guess aware of the fact that we are there collectively together and mm. not for any personal sort of glory if you will um and that really helps it's team mentality right none of us are overly like none of us want what's best for us as individuals more than what we want the group and ultimately the boys to succeed i guess i guess that's also what's nice about having the focus on them Mm. because it puts everything through a real clear sort of like we're all here for a purpose of evolving building and ultimately scaling the sidemen franchise entertainment brand if you will um and so we're all on that mission, clearly it's not about us, and yeah. I think that's it's healthy that way. So those would be the two things: It's kind of leaving egos at the door, or you know, attempting as to our best of our um, ego fueled abilities, as, as we all <laughs> again all struggle with to leave them at the door, yeah. and then also being willing to try things, even if and keep they, they, on. yeah, even no, it's epic.
0: So what about the future? What what? Obviously, yeah. we're we we both work in a space where <laughs> yeah. there's Web three, there's NFT, there's there's everything there around tech wise, but there's also you know. YouTube's evolving, these platforms are evolving, brands are evolving. Is yeah. there anything you're earmarking is you think is a huge up for yeah, the future for you guys? For
1: sure. I think I think I'm I'm looking forward to the 10 years next year. Yeah. For sure. Um Is there big plans for that? Yes, there will be, of course, because <laughs> we need to do some something amazing to celebrate it. Yeah, regardless. Even if it's just a big party. Yeah. Um with chicken and all yeah, of course. No Cyberpunk. party will ever have anything other than sides <laughs> and XX now. I think people realize. Um but yeah, doing something big for that, of course. Um Looking ahead at uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much scope for Web three and everything else. I think for us, it's more like we've got enough going on. Yeah, and I struggle with with the sp- I struggle with the space. In that, I know crypto enough to know and uh, you know t- to know just how volatile and vulnerable. Well, it as is. we
0: speak, it's in the toilet. So, right. like, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: then the last couple of weeks have been proof of that. Last yeah. three weeks, um, and I think for me, it's more. It it's until it settles as a space and mm. becomes a bit, I don't want to be an early. personally don't want to be an early adopter on it Yeah, right now for the boys. Oh, I, I personally don't think the boys should be mm. either because it's a massive responsibility that yeah. I think people don't always think about mm. because actually you could do something that, yeah, maybe it's amazing, but ultimately it's a financial transaction yeah. at every mark. Um, Especially in whether it's NFTs or crypto, whatever else, and I think when you've got an audience of the size, you've got to tread really carefully because ultimately you're dealing with people's lives. As we've seen with Luna and with you know what's gone on in the last couple of weeks, it's crazy. It's like people, you know, there's been a lot of lives destroyed over it, as with every crash and with every you know rug pull or whatever else. And I think you see that crypto, the crypto space works in a way where like people, I think a lot of those projects forget like the real world impact to some of this yeah. stuff same for the boys and it obviously it's pr- predominantly in the nft side of things it's just not something that we are like thinking about actively right now um because it, again it, it should be more if the idea is brilliant if there's a real utility and reason to do something mm. then we'll do it and i think that hasn't been there and then in terms of other things yeah we've got some really fun projects i can't speak about for this year that are, that are going to be jokes and i'll be able to as soon as i can <laughs> speak to you guys about them um <laughs> This should be really fun. Uh, And then next year as well, we're looking to, yeah, just do more um, and build out. But predominantly it's building out the brands we've got because we're sitting on these three incredible entities that people love. It seems like
0: you're only just getting started
1: with the ideas. Yeah, man, we can't, that's it. We all have to sleep at the end of the day. We can't burn ourselves out thinking of stuff. And, and you know, I think everyone's feeling like we're getting into a group with it all now. Mm. Um, And I think my big thing as well, structure is bringing the best of the corporate world into this slightly uncorporate environment and saying, how do we build this structure inside XX and, side plus and how do we build it for the boys victor's just become the head of content for the for the sidemen so he's now looking after all the content yeah. so like more site all the channel content everything it's a big job massive. that massive so how do we help him to do that properly and and make sure that you know and that's been a lot of my time recently he's helping with hiring and bringing in yeah. right of so people do, org do you enjoy that stuff i like the structure yeah, yeah yeah i don't love the once they're <laughs> once like once people are through then it's kind of the people yeah Day to day stuff, operation, operation. I'm difficult. not, I'm not the best at the operational side yeah. of things. Contracts, legal, that it's just yeah. not like that. Nah. That's where great having two accountants who can do a lot of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's where their brains are. But um, yeah. So helping Victor to structure the team and get everything sort of ticking, and yeah, that's that's kind of I think the next big thing for me is is building out the structure to build, mm. where the machine is really built because that's what gets me like so <laughs> satisfied. When when you can sit back and say this is really kicking on in its own right and is scaling and building and evolving. Mm. I just think that's 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 the dream.
0: So um, what's your what's what are you working towards? What's your personal you obviously you speak so highly of the businesses and the boys and everything but like what's in your mind? What are you trying to work towards? Um
1: good question. I think um making you reflective on a Monday. Yeah. Night. I think it's I think it's keeping keeping my time as bullishly as I am. I don't yeah. want to lose any more, any time. I
0: saw your post on LinkedIn about this. So yeah. So it's,
1: it. yeah, man, thank you. And I think it's, yeah, I, I've got my parameters. Yeah. and I don't wanna, and I think my, my success is personally building, scaling and evolving all over here mm. with, with obviously Aaron, Sam and the rest of the team and the boys, but also keeping that structure for myself personally, like keeping yeah. that all steady. Um, is the aim. And If I can do that, do more things whilst keeping my time the same, that's when I know I've, I've done a good job.
0: I think you're gonna smash it, mate. Well, right, that's mate, cool. I did that. We could chat for hours. <laughs> yeah. so I'm sure we will do after. But thanks thank so much for coming down. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to see what happens in the future. I know we'll stay connected um, as always. And uh, thanks very so much for listening and watching. If you've been watching over on YouTube or listening to Apple or Spotify, um have a great rest of your week, mate. I know you're gonna be very busy. Good luck with the 10 years. Um If you want to leave us a comment down below, please do. And if you want to rate the podcast also, please do. We'll be back again next week without Jordan, sadly. But Jamie will be filling in, trying to give us some value somewhere else. Uh, Thanks very much, Jordan. Again, you're a star. We'll see you soon. Love it. Cheers, guys.